Hello and welcome to episode 49 of the Fierce Calling Podcast. I'm your host, Doris Swift. I'm talking with women who are taking action where their passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. They're using their God-given gifts to impact the world for Christ. Because every woman of God has a fierce calling, and everybody has a story. So, let's tell them to glorify God and share what we've learned. And I hope this podcast inspires, encourages, and equips other women to take action and use their God-given gifts to impact the world. In today's episode, Listening for God's Direction, I'm talking with my friend, Alyssa Hope Wagner. Alyssa is a wife, mom, and author, and today she shares about listening for God's voice, what happens when we answer his call, and how she wound up on two reality TV shows. I know what she has to say will encourage, inspire, and challenge you. So listen in while I have a chat with Alyssa Hope Wagner. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fierce Calling Podcast. Today, I'm really excited to welcome my friend, Alyssa Hope Wagner. She's been married to her high school sweetheart for over 20 years, and together they raise two boys and a girl in a Christ-centered home, and they stand on the scripture in Joshua 24, 15 that says that their family will serve the Lord. And she writes across so many genres and has published two anthologies, which proceeds go to African missions. So that is awesome. And those anthologies are Granola Bar devotionals and Get to the Margins, which we'll hear more about as well. She's published over 20 books and she loves working out. So she's written two fitness books. She likes to sail fish and play golf with her hubby. And a fun fact about Alyssa is she has a twin sister and together they've been on two reality TV shows, CMT Made and the E! News Show, watched. So I am excited for you to hear all about these different things that God has put on Alyssa's heart to share. Welcome to the show, Alyssa. Thank you, Doris, for having me. Oh, it's it's an honor. Sure. I knew I just, I reached out to Alyssa because I started following Alyssa years ago, her writing, and I submitted a devotional to her. It was a, it was a uh, sanctified together. It was like an email devotional anthology, I guess, people's emails. So she was the first one to publish one of my devotionals. And that's, that's so, so awesome. Sweet. That makes me feel good, actually. <laughs> yeah, so we are so delighted. And I would love it, Alyssa, if you could share a little bit about your story and how you're taking action where your passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. Aw. Well, I was um, not a reader growing up. I was more athletic. I wanted to be outside. And in college, I wanted to study kinesiology. I had some English teachers who saw some, they saw something in my writing. My grammar wasn't that great back then. I had to you know, cultivate that, but they saw something in my writing. And then I was at this crossroads where my counselor in college brought me in. I was a junior in college and she said, you're gonna have to decide a major. And I was like, ah. And then I went back home and I walked into my room and God said, you're gonna be a writer. And wow. I shrugged my shoulders and I said, well, I better start reading then because I was not a, I was, I read books and I could read, but I was not an avid reader. Mm. And so that was, that began my journey of starting to read books, fiction and nonfiction. And then I majored in English and then I got my master's in English. And then I did that big leap into writing my first novel. <laughs> awesome. I know. And you're so humble about your, 
you know, degrees and everything. It's like, I have a few of those and a few of these or whatever. You know, it's like, you have a master's in English. That's awesome. But what I loved too was your insight that as soon as God told you that you were going to be a writer, instead of like thinking, well, I need to jump right into that craft. You said, I need to start reading because that is important, isn't it? For writers to read too. It is. It is. And I love how God calls things that are not. And he calls things that are not like Gideon when he was like hiding. He said, you're a great warrior. You know, and he was not a great warrior. He was hiding. But he sees the future. He sees the end result. He sees who we will become. And he'll take that future aspect of us and deposit it at our lowest point. And that's just one encouraging thing about the Lord is I was not a writer at all. Most writers say, I started reading when I was three. I started writing when I was eight. My story is very different. Like, I hated reading books. <laughs> I actually loved reading books. I loved when people read to me because my imagination would explode and I loved it, but the discipline of it wasn't there. And I had to get that discipline. Yeah, that's amazing. And I love how you shared that about the fact that you never aspired to be a writer. It's such a testament <laughs> to God's glory that like he did all that <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, because it was something that he worked, did a work in you that he promises that he'll be faithful to complete. And, you know, that it's something that he mm -hmm. knew you were going to use for his glory. And I just love that because sometimes too, when we have these dreams or these uh, like drives that we feel like we want to do something, it's hard because we have to make sure we keep a lot of ourself out of it. You know, yeah. it can become a very prideful thing mm -hmm. when we don't even realize it, you know, yeah. searching for, acceptance and mm -hmm. all of that like it's really tough in publishing you have to check your motives yeah yeah like what do we really want to do what why do we really want to write this book or publish this book you know is it so we can see our book in a bookstore mm -hmm. or is it because we want the words to change people's lives yeah. and help them take action yeah. so yeah i've struggled with that myself so yeah so tell us more about your ministries and cool thing about God is, you know how I said I struggled between choosing kinesiology and choosing uh, English. Well, it came full circle where he allowed me to write two fitness books. So, and I got certified in fitness nutrition and personal training. So, and I don't use those, but I use them to write my books, but he allowed me to have that passion through writing, through, through my writing. So, you know, he's so good like that. Like I, I really did get to major in both kind of, you know? <laughs> yes. And so my uh, my main ministry is pretty much just listening to the Holy Spirit and, mm -hmm. and writing what he wants me to write. And it's, you know, it might be a nonfiction book. It might be a fiction book. It might be a novella. I don't know. He just, I, I obey when he tells me to do something. What did you first start writing when you began writing? Fiction. Fiction's kind of my heart. Mm -hmm. But as a Christian fiction writer, I don't take that label lightly. Like, I need to know the word if I'm going to write stories based on the word. And so he made sure, like I have a one-year devotional that took me five years to write. So I'm rooted in the word and that helps. So my worldview in my, my uh, fiction writing is very much rooted in that word. And I listen to God and I listen to what he says. And I love fiction writing because it shows broken people trying to live for the Lord. And it shows that process of going from glory to glory, that transformation. And so many times people don't know how to live the Christian life. But if you have Christian fiction, you can imagine it. You can see it. And you can't live out something you can't imagine. And so it helps people imagine it and so they can live in it. And I have a cool story. I went to Israel 
And we had a Masonic Jew who was our guide, very mm -hmm. awesome guy. So he was a Jewish man who, who accepted Jesus in his heart. And do you know what led him to the Lord? Wow. A Christian fiction book. Nice. That's amazing. He had to imagine, he had to read it and imagine it so he could live it out. That's cool. cool. I was saying earlier when we were talking before the show, I love how you bring about the fact that Jesus used parables and mm -hmm. he helped people understand things through stories. It's hard you know. to understand things like grace. Yeah. How can you understand that? But if you see a father running towards his son, who was a prodigal son, completely forgiving him, putting his ring on him, putting his robe on him, celebrating, if you see, if you can see that, then you can see grace. How do you explain grace to somebody? Right. It's very cool. difficult, especially when someone has not lived or ever heard that message before and doesn't understand mm -hmm. it because they haven't ever received it or felt like yeah. they received it. So, yeah. And just like amazing things that stories will do, which this is kind of a little off topic, was watching this show. It was like a documentary about SpaceX. And they were talking about every time a rocket blows up, it's like millions and mil like billions of dollars or whatever that's lost when that happens. And there was a guy in the show that put it into such great perspective. He said, just imagine that every time a plane took off from the airport, brought you to your destination, and then they just throw away that plane. Like they wow. don't use the plane. So the whole thing about it was it's, it's important to be able to repurpose things and reuse things mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so that it will be, it's really like being a good steward. Mm -hmm. That's kind mm -hmm. of like what God does in our hearts too. He just, he makes all things new, but there's nothing new under the sun. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of cool how that plays off. I love time. it. I love it. Yeah. So, yeah. So what are you working on right now? I'm trying to finish a fourth book of my Anoma series, which is a dystopian fiction series after the second civil war. So I'm trying to finish that, but I put that aside because I started a new ebook series called Sanctified Together. Ooh. And it's based on Isaiah 61, which says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness the prisoners. And so I'm doing an ebook series and each book is only about 5,000 words. And I'm working with my identical twin sister, which you mentioned. She's actually a psychotherapist. So the first book I'm writing is called The Way of the Wolves. Mm -hmm. And it's about spiritual attack and really how to either prevent it or to stand firm when you're going through it. And I use how the wolf pack hunts its prey. And that's kind of how the enemy, you know, tries to bring us down. Because his, what is his goal? To destroy, to kill, to steal. That's what the enemy wants to do. And so I'm writing these and then my identical twin sister is doing a battle plan after each one, like practical ways they can stand firm in Christ. Um, so I'm really excited. I, I have seven of them planned. I'm almost done with the first one and they're just going to be eBooks, quick reads. You can read them in an hour and just to set, set you free, to give you the tools to have victory, to open our eyes to what's going on, you know, cause I feel like so many times people live in defeat because they don't realize what's going on in their lives. But if someone can identify it, you can beat anything if you know what it is. Yeah. If you know what it is, you know? And yeah. so it's really just to open people's eyes. And I'm really excited about this series. So that's cool. it was supposed to be a secret, but. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh-oh, I guess out. that's how your, your uh, show. Yeah, this probably won't come out for a few weeks, so you have a few more weeks. Get some <laughs> but yeah, and I love how you use the wolf pack because again, like analogies and allowing mm -hmm. people to visualize because you certainly wouldn't want to find yourself in the middle of the woods by yourself in the dark, you know, like a little yeah. riding hood deal, you know, where you, you hear like a wolf pack coming. Yeah. And that's exactly like what the enemy yeah. does. And we just, we can't always see it because it's like in the supernatural realm, but you're mm -hmm. right. If we can name it, yeah, then we God, can do the things that protect us. Yeah, and greater then, is he who is in us than that wolf pack out there. So people yes. need to know that. Yeah. And I also love that these are going to be easy reads because yeah. people these days, it's so hard for us to be able to have time to focus. And it's yeah. just really something that culture has done to us, you know, yeah. with everything oh, like yeah. microwave and everything is instant, you know? Yeah. So, uh, I, I think that's going to be really impactful for a lot of people and encourage so many people. And I, and it's amazing that you're doing that along with your sister too. Yeah. I'm excited. We, we yeah. haven't done anything since, you know, 10 years ago when, cause she, she opened her own practice and uh, mm -hmm. now she works at the VA and she still has her practice. And so she's been really busy, but now she has this wealth of knowledge in her head. And I keep saying, you know, it's good that you're working with these people one-on-one, -on -one, but you, you've got to offer it at a wider scale because people need to know this information. So yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> good. You talked to her, but yeah, it's a, it's amazing because God equips us in so many different ways and that it has so much purpose. And I so appreciate that she, you know, serves at the VA with yeah. her gifts and talents. Well, I just love that you also have proceeds that are going toward a wonderful work. So tell us about how you got involved in that. Well, I decided that, um, you know, we're not all called to be missionaries. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of people out there who, who are called, but I, but we can still help them. And so my, my enlivened devotional anthologies, they are writers who donate their words. And then the proceeds of these, and each book has a theme. So um, I'm working on two right now one called Pandemic Devotionals, mm -hmm. just really how God is working through this time. And the other one's called Kissing Guilt Goodbye. And so mm -hmm. it's just about overcoming mom guilt or, you know, just guilt of the past, just whatever. Yeah. And the Kissing Guilt Goodbye, the proceeds are going to uh, the Himalayas. So mm -hmm. really excited about that. Yeah. And then the COVID one, the, the proceeds are going to Salvation Army, just to help because a lot of people during this time are losing their jobs, they're it's just been in their like suicide has increased domestic violence increased a lot of god's gonna do some positive things during this time but a lot of stuff is being exposed and there's some a lot of negative stuff during this time so the proceeds of that are going to go to salvation army which fantastic yeah yeah they're amazing and and thank you for bringing that up about the fact that you know it's such a difficult season for so many people and that they're there's struggles out there and there's not a lot of discussion about the fact that the suicide rate has gone up mm -hmm. and it's important that people can find hope mm -hmm. Yeah, because you know, it's really kind of dismal. You know, when you turn yeah. on the news, it it's just like God is still on the throne. And so there's so much hope to share. So I've had um, to block out a lot of the, a lot of the negative, because I, I could tell, like, 
I, I didn't write for like three months, three or four months, because my mind was so full of all this information of fear and anxiety. And I finally said, if, I, if my mind is so full with that, I can't do the things of God. So I really, I really just had to protect myself mm-hmm. and turn stuff off and not look at stuff and people post stuff. And I'm like, not looking at it because it's going to make me mad or angry or sad. So I've, I've really had to uh, buffer, buffer the, the sound bites out there. <laughs> yes. I love that term buffer. That's amazing. That is a perfect description of what we need to do. Because sometimes when we think about boundaries, mm-hmm. we think of it as just other people or, you know, that kind of thing, but it in relationships, but it really has also to do with what we participate in. Yeah. Like we need to set our own boundaries to mm-hmm. be able to protect, like you say, yeah. uh, what God's call is on our life. And mm-hmm. then it was great that you talked about the missionaries and the fact that not everybody is called to go overseas. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, do that kind of mission work because I used to think years ago when I didn't really know all that much about what a calling was, I used to just think that, oh, that is for those people, you know, like the ones that are called out to go, Mm -hmm. but, you know, like we're all called to be set apart. So we're all called to something. So that is really important. Yeah. that whatever we can do and you know and if we have to do it. what we're called to because you could write something or say something that will then empower someone to go on the mission field you know but if you never did what god called you to do they miss that that encouragement from you so we really have to do what god calls each of us to do yes and that i like is so to, true. i like to tell this one story it's it's about dr david cho he has the largest church in korea and um He's, he's led millions and millions to Christ, millions. But you know who led him to Christ? A 14-year-old girl who he doesn't even remember her name. She was a missionary. Oh, wow. And so she, even though she just led one, she might have led more, but she still gets, she still gets the blessings of what he has done. And so you can't, you can't say, oh, I've only led one or two people to Christ, but you never know. We, we don't see the full picture yes. of who we're impacting. So if God has called you to lead that one, believe that that is just as valuable as that other person leading millions, you know, yes. we all work together and everything we do intertwines and God sees that. And so as long as we do our, we fight our fight, we, we run our path. We never know the full impact until Jesus comes back. Amen. That is so encouraging. And I know a listener needed to hear that today because, you know, what fears calling the heart of fears calling is the fact that, like you say, our callings are different. So when we're thinking about, okay, well, our call has to be this big, huge thing that's going to be out there, like parting the sea or, Mm -hmm. you know, these things that are epic, Epic, everything we do for the Lord is epic in his eyes that give him glory. And like you say, like, we don't ever know the impact on a life and how many lives they can impact. So you're right. It's like we, we do the seed planting and the watering and then God takes care of the increase, which is very exciting. And thank you for sharing the story about uh, Pastor Cho, because hearing that it was this young teenage girl, Mm -hmm. it just yeah. He still doesn't know her name. Isn't and the that... reason why he, he, she, he was dying of tuberculosis and God, you know, um, uh, healed him miraculously. 
but she kept bringing the Bible to him. He wouldn't read it. And one day she cried. And because she cried, he said, okay, I'll read it. <laughs> and then that's when, you know, Jesus came and healed him. So Aww. that's so precious. Yeah, it was great? like her compassionate heart for yeah, him for wanting, him. you know, wanting him to be able to know the Lord so yeah. desperately in yeah. his situation. And really too, there are so many women in the Bible that we don't really even know their names, like the woman at the well. Yeah. I love that story about her and we don't really know her name, but God mm -hmm. knows her name. Yeah. And she led the, the whole town to Jesus. Yes, it <laughs> was like, like, look at this man. So cool. I know. I kind of intertwined that. I, I self-published something back in 2016 and it's called Goodbye Regret. And it talks about the woman at the well, you know, kind of forgiving yourself of the mistakes of your past. Yeah. Yeah. So many people can't move forward, yeah. but, um, you know, and you, and you were talking about that too, with the projects that you're currently working on, the one that talks about guilt and anyway, but I would love if, if you could tell the listeners about the shows that you were on with your sister. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. that's kind of intriguing. Yeah. The first one was, uh, CMT made the producers actually came to our church cause our pastor knew one of them and he was talking about how, you know, we could go try to be on the show. And I was like, no way I would never do that. And then the Holy Spirit says, you're going to go stand in line and go try to get on the show. And I'm like, I do not want to do that. <laughs> I did not want to do it. Mm -hmm. And so I, I did what he said and I was very happy and done fine. And then of course they call me back. And so what they did was they transfer, transformed me from a writer to an MMA fighter. And I actually did a fight in front of a thousand people on national TV. So like, okay, what did that look like? How did you do that? It was, it was difficult. The training was very hard. I got hurt a lot. It was, mm -hmm. and, but you know, it's so cool that even though, you know, I had an ice pack on my back, I had an ice pack on my chest. I was, was so much pain, but God was so close to me during that time. Like he's so close to the, the brokenhearted and the wounded. And so that it was just that intimacy, like that tangible. And he's always with me. I know that, but there was just extra him during those difficult times. So. Aww. That's a wonderful I, perspective. Yeah, but I fought and I won with a technical knockout, TKO, and the young lady, I hugged her afterwards and I gave her a kiss and I said, on the cheek, and I said, God will break you down, but he will build you back up. Awesome. So, yeah. Wow, if not anything else, that may have been the one reason why you were on that show, yeah, so you yeah. can encourage her like that. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of amazing too, because you're such a fit person, you know, you love mm -hmm. fitness and, so this was kind of like yeah. having to do with physical fitness, but also spiritual fitness where you felt God close to you through yeah. your wounds. Oh, I love that analogy. That compares. Yeah. Yeah. And then years ago, I wouldn't do it again. Okay. <laughs> well, not unless God tells you. Okay. <laughs> so never underestimate what God's going to tell you because he keeps telling you these things, Alyssa, like you're going to do this. I am not doing that. <laughs> it was like a next thing, you know, okay, I'm doing that. That's but, what happened yeah. with the next show botched. So my, identical twin sister. Um, she went through a tough time. Her husband was overseas and met somebody else and left her. And, you know, people know her story because it was on the show. And so she was in a near death car accident many years ago, and she had to get um, major reconstructive surgery in her, her hip, her lungs collapsed. It was like such a big deal. And so over the years, her nose started twisting, like the, her nose got damaged and her nose started twisting. 
And so we're in the van, she's crying to me, husband left her, she has three kids. And on top of it all, my nose is twisting. And oh. so I go in the house and I'm like, God, there has to be something I can do. I know there's something I can do. And I don't watch e-news, I don't watch reality TV shows, but I remember somebody telling me about a show where they fix, oh, oh, I didn't say this. Um, she got uh, ENT uh, nose surgery to fix it and they made it worse. Oh. They botched it. You know? And so I go in the house, I'm like, God, you know, what can I do to help her? And so I sit down and I do a Google search and I find the spreadsheet to put in her story and I use my writing skills mm -hmm. and I write this huge story and I don't tell her about it and I send it in. And then she gets a phone call, you know, a couple weeks later, they want to, you know, fly her up, see if she's uh, good for the show. So, and it was really funny because when I was done, because I want to be a good steward of my time, I was like, God, did I just waste my time trying to get my sister on a reality show so she could get her nose fixed? And I opened the Bible and it was when Peter lobbed off, he chopped off that, uh, the assistant's ear to the, mm -hmm. to the um, Pharisee or whatever. Mm -hmm. And Jesus healed his ear. And Jesus said, I didn't need to heal it. He wouldn't have died, but I did it. I'm going to heal your sister. And so we didn't know she's going to be on the show for a long time. It took a couple of months for them to finally say, okay, we'll take you. But I said, I told her, I said, believe God told me he's going to fix your nose. So just rest on my faith. And so she got everything fixed. Awesome. Yeah. That's amazing. I love that story because it's just like such a redemption of all the things, you know, when he promises He'll redeem all the brokenness and he'll redeem all these things. And that's a good point because when she got her first surgery, God told her, you're going to love your nose so much, you're going to do cartwheels. But then it got worse. Oh. But sometimes if you think of Lazarus, Jesus said it will not end in death, but it did. But that wasn't the final end. There was mm -hmm. a supernatural end. And so my, it did get worse. But then she went to the best nose surgeon in the world, pretty much. And now she does, she can do cartwheels and she loves it. That's so, so sweet. Sometimes God gives those promises and they seem like they die. But if he gave that promise, he's going to resurrect it. He's going to resurrect yeah. it in his strength and power. And it's going to be better than it would have been, you know, before. Yeah, that is amazing. Uh, that story is in my book, uh, Following God Across the Page. And then my MMA one is in my book, Following God Into the Cage. Oh, wow. And I have another one, Following God Onto the Stage, which is about bodybuilding, so. <laughs> I love that they rhyme. <laughs> I know. That's very cool. It was a great point you brought out. Oftentimes we look at things through our own eyes and mm -hmm. we see things die. Dreams or desires of our heart and, you know, things like that. We think, okay, that's a done deal, gone, that's not happening. But in fact, it could just be not God's timing. Mm -hmm. He will do a mighty thing. So that yeah. is very encouraging to hear today. Because <laughs> there's some listeners that are looking at some dreams they thought were dead or uh, relationships that they think are dead. Mm -hmm. But God is a God of restoration. So, mm -hmm. And if you gave him a promise, he will do it. And so you have to put his word above circumstances. Yeah. Circumstances can look horrible but if he said you can walk on the water you can do it despite yeah. the wind despite the waves you have to just trust his word thank you so tell us more about the way you love to encourage because you're such an encourager the way that you love to encourage writers especially indie writers yeah well god he told me 
I said, what's my calling, God? And he said, I made you a mother. And I said, I know, I've been a mother. <laughs> no, he said, I made you a mother of many voices. Mm. And so what mothers do, they raise people up without expectation of anything in return. Mm. But there's a satisfaction. Like when you said that I was, I published your first devotional. To me, that's, that makes me feel good. <laughs> yeah. there's, there's like the satisfaction of watching people do well and embrace your callings and flourish and knowing that you had some part in it, even if it was small. And that's the spirit of motherhood. And we need more of those. We need, we need fathers and mothers who raise people up without concern of money or return or fame or accolades, just people who raise people up, you know, cause God's called us to do that. Jesus called, called us to serve and not to be the ones who take. And if you think about it, a baby takes, 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 takes because they, they have need. But if you can serve, you are serving from the wealth that you have inside of you. And so to serve is actually more a sign of abundance than it is to take. And so that's why God has called us to serve. People think serving is like a lowly thing. It's not. If, you, if you're serving, you have stuff to serve. And so yeah. it's actually our highest calling is to serve from the wealth that he's given us, not just money wealth, but uh, time, talents, energy, you know, encouragement, and, and from the wellspring, because he fills us with his, with his goodness and we pour it out because we have a wealth of it. And so to serve is actually one of the, the highest callings. And that's why Jesus served. He said, I came to serve. <laughs> yes, that is a beautiful picture that you just painted. Yeah. And the way that you were talking about how we're called to be mothers and fathers, you know, so we as mothers helping and encouraging others, that is unconditional love. Like a mother loves unconditionally. And that's more heavenly minded. You know, I think that's yeah. why God called me to be an independent writer. I tried, I have published traditionally in a few, a few books, but as an independent writer, I can, I can write whatever he tells me. If I had to go through to traditional publishing, they would say, no, you're not going to write about your MMA fight or no, you're not going to write that, you know, but I've been able to write whatever I want, according to God's will. And they're, they're awesome books they, I don't have to worry about payment. I don't have to worry about, you know, there's so many things I can just worry about what God thinks and what he wants. Independent publishing, like the chosen, that new uh, series that came out, mm -hmm. that's independent. And right now Hollywood is hurting, but here is this man who God called to be an independent writer, who the uh, watchers and viewers support, you know, and, and, and it's billions of people have watched this, this show, you know, but yeah. it's only because he did something different. He wasn't attached to uh, movie houses and stuff. So he could do something unique in this time that we're in. That is wonderful. That is a great series too. Chosen. Yeah, we're still on, we have a couple more left, but it's just yeah. brilliant. It's so brilliant. And I just yeah. think God's all over it. <laughs> it is so well done. God gave me um, an image of a um, hummingbird mm. and hummingbirds can go up, down, back. They can do anything in an instant. And that's what he told me. He said, your, your writing's going to be like a hummingbird. You could, I could tell you where to go. And I don't, there's no conference that talks about it. There's no discussion. I could just do it. Yeah. So, and if you're really rooted in God, in the word, and you're rooted in a good church and, and all those things, then he can trust you with that flexibility, you know, with that mm. extra time and with the direction he gives you. Yeah, that's a great point, too, that he is trusting you. 
like that he owns everything, but he entrusts things to us. And then what do we do with the things that we're entrusted with? Mm-hmm. You know, are yeah, we, what do we do with our time? What do we do with our money? What do we do with our resources, our connections, our friends? You know, he, yeah. once he get you get, and we're not perfect, but once we get to that place where he can trust us, he's like, okay, let's do this thing. Yeah. Moving. <laughs> Absolutely. And I like the fact that authors have a choice. They really do. Like they can pursue one direction or they can p- pursue another, or they can do both. Yeah. People so, always ask me, how do you get into the publishing world? And I'm like, yeah, I can't give you a bullet list because yeah. everybody's different. And a lot of people produce that bullet list. And I'm thinking not everybody's going to be able to do that bullet list. Yeah. God is different. I mean, John the Baptist was in the wilderness preaching who goes to a desolate place to preach but God brought the crowds to him. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. So I tell people, this is kind of what I did, but God might do something different. And he does things that are, his kingdom is, his understanding is above ours. And so we can Mm -hmm. understand, he might tell you to get off social media, you know, and then tell people, if if he wants your books to be read, he'll bring them. And so there's no bullet list of how to get published. I would say, listen to the Holy Spirit. Glean from other people, but realize your path's going to be different. Yeah, that's so wonderful. And isn't it awesome that we don't serve a cookie cutter God? Like, (laughs) you know, we're not like coming off on this assembly line and we're all like the same thing. We're all created differently with our unique gifts and talents and thumbprints and all of that. And, you know, I always like to encourage people that there might be two different people that have the gift of teaching or the gift of hospitality or whatever. And it's not used the same way. No, no. So that's and we have to walk by faith. I mean, Jesus said, when I come back, will someone be have faith? You know, will I see faith? And so, so many times God's going to have you do all these steps and you're going to have no idea. <laughs> How's this going to end? What this doesn't make sense. But finally, God's going to move and you're going to be like, oh, I see what you were doing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Duh. <laughs> You know more. I don't <laughs> yeah. understand. I didn't right. understand during it. But you, you know, there's there's a there's a element of faith that we just have to walk by. We're not going to see everything, and if we have to see everything, we'll never move. Yeah, so, that yeah. kind of reminds me of when they were in the boat, and Jesus is like, "Where's your faith, people?" Well, not exactly mm-hmm. like that, but you know. Well, yeah, he was like, "Where's your faith?" Yeah, hello. <laughs> what have I been telling you? Oh. <laughs> can't get it yet but yeah so even they couldn't get it they were right there with jesus so you're mm-hmm. right it's yep. it's tough sometimes but i i also like how you reminded us about the holy spirit because you know we have been empowered with the holy spirit like this very spirit of god yeah. that rose jesus from the dead like mm-hmm. it's powerful stuff and he helps us he's, he's there to help us and we just need to ask you know help me how do I do this? What do I do? So many times, you know, it's like you run into things where you have no idea, like you say, mm-hmm. and it's like, how do I do this? And- yeah. And we're not going to, it's a, it's a process of learning to hear his voice. So many mm-hmm. people get frustrated because they're not instantly going to hear it. Yeah. And I, I like to use the example of teaching my kids how to read. It was so slow and, and it was like, ah, okay, put it together fast. You know, and they would wiggle and they would squirm and now they're reading so well, but it's, you have to allow yourself that process of, did I hear you that? Is that what you're saying? You know, you have to allow yourself to be, you know, we're growing in Christ. You have to allow yourself to be a three-year-old trying to listen. 
you know, before yeah. you're going to be the 30 year old, before you're going to be the professor, you have to go through that struggle of listening and allow yourself to fail and know that God's with us and he's, he loves us. And, you know, we have yeah. to go through that process. So good. So good that we have to have like that childlike feet, like you say, mm -hmm. and I love how you said the cat, like, uh, and you know, like as the parent or the teacher, it's like, you just said it. And then, but the kid doesn't get it right until you say, say it faster. Yeah. You're, you already said it. And that's like us. We're like, we did. Mm -hmm. And the Holy Spirit's patient. Unlike me, when I got frustrated, he, he's patient. He's in us. Mm -hmm. He's, he's working right beside us, never getting mad, never losing his cool, just ready to help us with the next word. That is beautiful. Well, everything you have said today on the show would just so God ordained. Like, I know that the listener needed to hear these things from God today. And, you know, sometimes I'll ask what would be something you'd want to leave with the listener, some encouragement, the whole yeah. oh, episode has it. been, but. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. The main thing I would say is if you're going through a struggle, we live in a world that there's so much information, there's so many resources, and God will bring you exactly what you need. He will bring you the people. He will bring you the books. Like I had God give me a book prophetically in my mind one time. And I just went to the bookstore and was looking for the cover and I found it. It was a miracle. And it was a big bookstore, but God will, he, it's like homeschooling. He will cater resources just to you. So don't get overwhelmed by all the resources. Just ask Holy Spirit, you know, I'm going through the struggle or I just want to know you more. Please bring podcasts or sermons or books or blogs into my path that will encourage me and help me. And just, you know, they're all around us and God has a breadcrumb path of resources just for you, you know? And so just find those and start, you know, learning and, and finding freedom and just uh, getting that understanding. Nice. That is a great visual breadcrumb bread of information or resources just for you. Yeah. A little breadcrumb trail. That's so special. Mm -hmm. So, and I know that the listeners are going, how can I find Alyssa? So tell us how the listener can connect with you, Alyssa. Yeah. yeah. All my books are on Amazon. And then my handle is Alyssa, A-L-I-S-A, -S Hope Wagner. And I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest. Uh, my blog, my blog is alyssahopewagner.com. So any of those places. <laughs> Great. Well, I'll make sure to put all of that in the show notes so awesome. people can find you and our details of the show because it's been amazing. And I appreciate you coming on today. I loved it. I'm so encouraged. Like my heart is so encouraged right now. You've encouraged me. <laughs> Thank you. I know, like you were saying earlier, because I just felt compelled to share the fact that, you know, you were the very first person to publish a devotional because it's, it's cool for God to show us sometimes the fruit mm -hmm. because yeah, we're not at you with your podcast and your books and it's so awesome. Well, well, thank you. I'm so blessed. God is good. Yeah. He just continues to grow us mm -hmm. and grow, grows us together. Yes. And we need yes. each other. So exactly. So thank you friend. I hope that I can have you on again sometime. I would love it. So we can hear it. more about what's happening with Alyssa Hope Wagner's ministry work and all of that. And as your family my grows, my, my twin your way. <laughs> oh yeah. I would love to have her on too. That yeah, would be she's, amazing. She's awesome. <laughs> Once we get the series done, maybe she can get on and market it with you. Yeah. <laughs> I would love that. Yes. Bring it on. <laughs> Ready. Bring it on Lord. I'll take That's it. That's right. <laughs> So I 
we'll just leave the listeners with this encouraging word that God hears you. He knows you. He sees you right where you are. And he sends people like Alyssa said into your path, people like Alyssa, who will speak hope and truth into your life. So feed your spirit good and wonderful things of the Lord. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. All right. We'll talk soon. Thank you for listening today. I hope what Alyssa shared spoke to your heart and encouraged you to take action where God is calling you to serve. Because like Alyssa said, our highest calling is to serve and Jesus showed us how to do it well. Some of my favorite quotes by Alyssa during the show were, God sees who we will become. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? And God has a breadcrumb path of resources just for you. That is so encouraging. We may doubt we're the girl for the job, but God sees the girl he created for the job. And he won't leave us out there alone. He brings resources and relationships to meet our every need. You can connect with Alyssa at AlyssaHopeWagner.com on Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest. And you can find all her books on Amazon and be encouraged by the words God has inspired her to write. I have all of those links in the show notes for you. And I would also love to connect with you. So reach out to me on my contact page at DaraSwift.com. And I also invite you to join my community of women who receive inspirational messages, helpful resources, and updates on podcast and book news. When you join my email list for free, I'll send you a free gift. Simple tips for sharing your faith to help you share the gospel because just like the story that Alyssa told of the teenage girl who led a lost soul to Christ who in turn led millions of lost souls to Christ, Every lost person matters to God, and He wants them found, and He wants us to go and tell. There's a hurting world out there, and friend, if you are carrying burdens weighing heavy on your heart, sharing what threatens to steal your joy can be so freeing. I'll be talking more about that soon and offering a free six-day guide in how to surrender your joy stealers to God and live the joyful life you were born to live, and He will equip you to fulfill your purpose. I hope you'll join me next time when I invite another woman who's taking action where her passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. Until then, friend, have a blessed week, and I'll talk to you soon.